Hey, we're so glad that you've joined us today. Have you noticed the new buzzword? The news media is talking all about reopening. The White House has talked about reopening our economy. Some states have already reopened. I hope not prematurely. Um, Our California governor is talking about the next phase of reopening in our state. And many of you are asking the when question about Pathway Church. When will Pathway Church reopen for events on campus? Honestly, we don't know. I mean, we're, we're remaining optimistic, and yet we want to stay realistic. We're making plans, but we realize that we have to be flexible. Rather than setting a specific date, we are aligning our goals with some of our values to help us make the decisions that we need to make. I can't express how I miss seeing you face-to-face, and I want us to be able to experience worship together again really soon. But we've realized something this week. I've realized it, that Pathway Church never closed. We've still been doing amazing ministry. I mean, lives are being reached every week through Pathway Church Online. Kids Way is still reaching kids each week. Our social media has never been more active. Small groups have connected so many of us online. Pathway Church never closed. So reopening really isn't a thing for us. See, we've realized that church isn't about the building or a location. Church is all about people. Church is about reaching people with the message of Jesus. Church is all about caring for people in the name of Jesus. Um, Church is all about what Jesus wants to do in the lives of people. We don't know when we're going to return to campus, but I'm so glad that you're with us today for part six of our series. Are you you ready? I am. Are you ready to, to cover the last chapter of our GLOW series? Let's go. See, we know that God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then he separated the light from the darkness. Probably the the most understood truth in this world is the reality of light and darkness, which also provides a great analogy. It's so universal that we even use it in conversation. I mean, we say things like, I don't know, I'm in the dark. Or we say, I don't understand, but then the light came on. And we all understand what the person is trying to communicate. Light and darkness was one of Jesus' favorite illustrations. He used this analogy so many times in his teachings. I mean, in Matthew 5 and Matthew 6 and Matthew 10, in Luke chapter 8 and Luke chapter 11, in John 3 and 8 and 9 and 11 and 12, Jesus taught about the importance of light. In fact, if we were to summarize Jesus' teaching about light and darkness maybe into one point, I think it would be, we need light to see. Now keep in mind the context. I mean, we live in a world of electricity where we just, you know, flip the switch and the lights come on. But Jesus lived in a world without electricity. Dark was really dark. And so light was of high value to them. Light could break through and scatter the darkness. And with that importance in mind, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he opens up the thought. He says, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Now don't miss the focus. The light that leads to life. To life. There's a focus on movement, on direction. 
That's what light is all about, if you think about it. Light is so you can know where to go. Light is so you can know how to get there. Light is so you can know where you are right now. I wonder how many people around us, around you, around me, need direction in life. I mean, they don't know where to go. They don't know how to get there. They really don't know where they are right now in their life. See, we know that light provides all of this. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But then like we talked about last week, he flipped the script. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Jesus tells all of those who follow him, all followers of Jesus are called to be the light of the world. People all around us are living in darkness and confusion. People don't know the way to God. People don't know the ways of God. They don't know the way to find answers or hope or help or purpose. They don't know the right way to live, the the right way to go. So we need to be the light of the world for them. We are called to live a different life as we follow Jesus. And out of that different life, we shine and we point others to Jesus. The New Testament is filled with this image of living a life that is distinctive. Paul says in Philippians 2, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. See, we can't help the world if we're not different from the world. There should be something different about how we live as followers of Jesus. Last week, I made a statement that I got to be honest, has bothered me all week. I said, if people don't see Jesus in his followers, where will they see him? I don't know about you, but this challenges me. I realize that I'm not the Holy Spirit. I realize that the Holy Spirit is the one who draws people to Jesus. But I also recognize that I have a responsibility to show Jesus to others around me. Some might say, well, no, that's, that's the church's responsibility. I don't know about you, but last time I checked in the New Testament, last time I, I read what Paul writes and what Jesus writes, I find out that the church is made up of Jesus followers. Friends, it's our responsibility to show Jesus to others. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So how does this work? I mean, how am I supposed to shine? In describing Jesus as Messiah, the Apostle Matthew writes this, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Now, you may not understand it, you may not catch it, but this is actually a throwback to the Genesis account where we're told that God made two lights, the larger one to govern the day, which is what? The sun. And the smaller one to govern the night, which is what? The moon. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth and to separate the light from the darkness. So to use this analogy, Jesus is like the sun and we are like the moon. The moon has no light on its own, but it reflects the light of the sun. See, we don't have light apart from the light of Jesus. So as followers of Jesus, we are called to be reflectors of Jesus. See, we don't shine ourselves, we reflect the sun. 
by living in such a way that, that reveals and reflects, we shine out someone greater, someone more important than ourselves in our lifestyles, in our use of time and, and our money, with our skills and our abilities and our jobs and our families and our marriages. We should live in such a way that says, hey, there's someone greater than me. There's someone better than me. There's someone more important than me. We are to live a life that reflects Jesus to those around us. Problem is, we don't always live this way. See, in Jesus' day, the religious saw themselves as better people. They saw themselves as the, one, the ones who understood truth, as those living in the light while everyone else was in darkness. And Jesus knew this, and so he challenges them by what he says. Take a look. Jesus says in Luke 11, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. See, this isn't a word just to religious people in Jesus' day. This is a word for you and me. If we're a follower of Jesus, we need to hear this. Make sure that the light you think you have It's not actually darkness. Jesus is warning us. I mean, Jesus is saying, don't think you're living in the light when you're actually allowing darkness to stay in your life. Just because you go to church, just because you own a Bible, just because you act the part or talk the part or look the part doesn't mean that you're living in the light. Oh, no. The Apostle Paul, he he addresses this head on. In, in the first part of the book of Romans, it's amazing. In, in Romans chapter 1, Paul writes about people who are far from God. Look at what he says. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became what? Dark. And confused. Claiming to be wise they instead became utter fools. These people were rejecting God and their minds became darkened. Paul continues, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that they should should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. Look at this. They invent new ways of sinning. We read that and we probably begin to think of people that we know. (laughs) I mean, they are far from God, and they don't know that they're far from God, or maybe they don't care. And what we begin to do is in our good moments, we think, you know, I should really pray for them. But in our real moments, we think... I'm glad I'm not like them. Then you turn the page to Romans chapter 2, where Paul writes this. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad, and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself, for you who judge others do these very same things. Smack. I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like Paul just smacked us. Do you feel it? 
I mean, hang on. In just a few verses down, look at what Paul does. He delivers the gut punch here. He says, you are convinced that you are a light for people who are in darkness. You think you can instruct and teach the ways of God. Why don't you teach yourself? Did you catch those words? You are convinced that you are a light for people who are in darkness. You are convinced that you are a light. Paul's saying, you you think you're a light, but you're not. You think you're shining for those around you, but you're not. You think you're shining for Jesus, but you're not. See, that's why Jesus says, you better take another look. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Now, I know... This is a simple object lesson, but it works. We've got two bulbs here. One is a dirty bulb, and one is a clean bulb. And it's a very simple, simple question that I want to ask us is, which do we think is going to shine brighter? It's pretty obvious, right? Let's do a test. It's obvious that the clean bulb is shining brighter. In fact... The dirty bulb, if it continued to get dirty, dirtier, it would begin to lose its shine altogether. See, this is the illustration that we need to understand today. We need to understand that the clean bulb shines brighter. I mean, back to what Jesus said, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Look at what Jesus continues with. He says, only... If you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. So my question to you is, what interferes with the light shining from our lives? What blocks our reflection of Jesus? Now if you think back to the analogy of the sun and the moon, the moon has no light of its own, but reflects the light of the sun. I want us to use another object lesson of just a couple of balls, some actual balls that I have in my office. And uh, this is a handball, and here's a little squeezy ball. And I want us to imagine that this yellow ball represents the sun. And this white ball obviously represents the moon. And we know that the moon simply reflects the light of the sun. That's all it does. It does not have light on its own. It reflects the light of the sun. But when is there a time when the moon does not reflect the light of the sun? It's a time when the earth goes in between the sun and the moon. You know what that's called? Think back to science class. It's called an eclipse. It's during this time that the earth passes in between the sun and the moon, and the moon no longer reflects the light of the sun. What a great analogy. What a great metaphor for us to think about. A time when there is a separation, um, something getting in between. If we allow anything of the world to get in between us and the sun, S-O-N, we stop reflecting his light. His reflection is blocked in our lives. And it's easy to let things in, in our world, from our world, get in between us and Jesus. It really is. I mean, relationships. 
can get in between us and Jesus. My job can get in between me and Jesus. My, my money, the way I spend my money, the way I want money, the, the way that I use my money, it, it can get in between me and Jesus. My habits can get in between me and Jesus. My, my wants, my desires, my goals can get in between me and Jesus. My plans, my agendas, my, my way can get in between me and Jesus. The prophet says it's your sins that have cut you off from God. See, it's your sin that causes your light bulb to get dirty. It's your sin that gets in between you and the sun so you no longer reflect him. So, so what are we supposed to do about this? The Apostle John tells us. He says God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but we go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, look at that again, if we confess our sins to him, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us. So how do I clean the dirt from my life so that I can shine brightly? I confess my sin to God. I seek his forgiveness through Jesus. See, we we need to go to God with our dirt and get clean so we can shine. I mean, that's that's a good statement. We need to go to God and get clean so that we can shine. So this week I was thinking, what about my dirt? That's what I asked myself. What about the dirt in my life that is making my bulb dirty so that I'm not shining like I should, not as brightly as I should? What, what is that stuff, those things that are getting in between me and the sun so that I am not reflecting the sun? I made a list. I'm not going to share the whole list with you. I'm not going to take all of your day. But I wanted to share one thing that I've been struggling with. Actually, I struggle with this quite often. It has a lot to do with my personality type and my temperament. One of my struggles is, is running fast, sometimes too fast. I'm a doer, and I'm a mover, and, I, and I'm constantly wanting to move forward, and I want to keep moving forward and make progress. And, um, you know, those of you that are into all of these evaluation things, temperament tests and all that, I'm, I'm a red eight type A. <laughs> Some may wonder what pastors are doing during the COVID virus thing, you know, since we don't have any events on campus. And I know some, of, some people are wondering, you know, is, is Bart on vacation there, during this time? No, actually, I've been busier than I'm usually, uh, uh, than usual with all of the stuff that has to happen to stay connected as a church during this time. And so I've been running really fast. And sometimes I get going so fast that I run right past other people. And I miss out on shining anything in their lives. I'm, I'm a blur at 100 miles an hour. And that's when the words of Paul grab me. It's two passages that we actually have looked at during this series. And they have, they have bothered me. Paul says in Philippians 2, don't look out only for your own interests. 
This is the part that gets me. But take an interest in others. Sometimes I'm going too fast to do that. John's words shake me. He says, if someone sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? The part that that gets me is sees. Sometimes if I'm going too fast in life, I don't see it. I don't see that person that needs my help. So Jesus has been using these two passages this week to work on me. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, Bart, make sure the light you think you have is not actually darkness. And so what I do, what I have done, is I come to Jesus asking for his forgiveness for the times that I have rushed past people on my way to do something. And I've asked the Holy Spirit to make me aware of people around me. That's my dirt. How about you? Maybe you need to go to God and get clean so that you can shine. The Apostle Paul says, once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. That's the call. That's the challenge for us. As followers of Jesus, we are called to live as people of light, to shine Jesus to those that are around us. What good is a light if it isn't shining? Light that fulfills its purpose has to shine. Remember, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. It's time. It's time for you and me to shine.